0: Okay, okay. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Unsung Hero. And um, this one's actually—it's it, it, when I when I listened back to it and recorded it and actually did some editing—it was super personal. And um, it's with a guy called Lars Lars Nielsen. For those in Copenhagen, probably would recognize the name. He was previously uh, one of the business leads at a pretty cool fintech called Roger. And it was funny because there's a bit of a history between Roger and Plio, my old company, because Roger did this amazing automation and they still do around um, paying invoices, while Plio obviously does the automation of receipt capture and and um, expenses. And we did some work together in the past um, with Roger and Plio. So that's how this guy got on my radar. But it's personal because um, when we spoke, uh, Lars recently had left um, Roger and, and obviously I had left Cleo. And a lot of the things that we talk about, especially in the middle of this, are so important. And, you know, it goes back to why I wanted to start this podcast and I really think it's valuable now for those really looking for new work or new jobs and for those who have been let go or left a company and are in this immensely uh, emotional limbo to figure out, you know, what the hell am I going to do next and, and how do I do it? So enjoy that piece um, because it's really personal and it's it's nothing bad at all, but it's just so valuable, I believe, how Lars and I kind of dove into it, both sharing perspective but who's Lars? So Lars is a pretty cool guy. I'm going to really enjoy kind of explaining this guy. So he's actually from Jutland, from a very small um, fjord uh, on, he called it the dark side of Jutland. Um, but what's super cool about him is that he actually is, uh, used to be like a professional CrossFit guy. Um, he also used to be a bouncer, um, bouncing at gigs where Nelly Furtado was there and And all kinds of really famous people. I think he even mentioned Snoop Dogg was one of the people that he was protecting. So really random, but, you know, it says a lot about his personality. And we spoke a lot on this podcast about confidence. At least he kind of dove into a little bit around, you know, when you're doing this evangelistic thing and going into a new role and also doing your current roles, you know, where do you get your style from? And a lot of his confidence came from being um, not just a bouncer, but also being in CrossFit, which I loved to kind of listen to. And I'm sure many people who are doing these sports and intense sports get a lot of it from that. And and confidence to me is a very important thing that I think more people need to kind of figure out where they stand on it. But it was the bouncing, um, being a bouncer and and even personal protection service stuff that he did that gave him a lot of the people skills, you know, crowd handling how to understand and read a room. So I love that. And it's, it's, it really shines through in this podcast when you when you listen to Lars speaking about his, um, his profile and what he's done. He's been through ups and downs, bought a company just before the crash in 2008, suffered from the pain. Um, and his whole journey uh, and how he joined Roger was super inspirational in terms of, you know, he just found that perfect fit being one of the first three or four on the ground. So enjoy it. Um, we kind of focused much more on management and, you know, what's it like to, to work with great leaders and kudos to Catherine and Christian, who are the um, founders of Roger. Uh, you'll notice how he talks about them and I, I quite uh, liked it. So kudos to them. But also, again, how I mentioned earlier, how we dive into much more around the experience of, of growing in a company that's growing at an insane speed and just the things to think about as an individual to make sure that you're in the right place. Hey, we're going to jump straight into uh, where we kind of started around talking about leadership and good management. So enjoy it. And uh, Lars, if you're listening, uh, really respect and uh, extremely excited for your new role, which you have now started, which is Senior Account Executive for the Nordics Solve Solve mate. So congrats and uh, enjoy, guys. See you soon.
1: Until I joined Roger, uh, I ha- I have, I've never really have had any like really bad bosses. Okay. Uh, I, I had uh, some bosses that was really inspiring, uh, that could make me perform and could make me work even harder than I am or uh, I am already doing.: Yeah, uh, um, so I, have, I've, I think I've been really lucky in that sense, uh, maybe also because I'm not afraid of speaking my mind. Uh, if I'm, I'm satisfied with something, but I would say up up until I joined Roger, uh, you know, I had some some bosses that I look back at say like, hey, they actually taught me something or they mentored me in a, in a way. Uh, but uh, joining Roger and meeting uh, Catherine and Christian, who's the the the, the founders of Roger, uh until that I haven't seen anything uh, that's my my learning from that one those two people are just yeah they, they, they are they're great they're they are nice. insane, basically they're, they are so good they are you know they're inspiring they are fun they are excited um and they're really, really you know Motivated, you know, in in terms of you know uh, making you feel special, making you feel part of of the whole journey and the whole company, uh, and I, I owe them so much in in terms of what they have learned me, what they have uh, provided to me, and and what I can use moving forwards also.
0: Nice. And I mean, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with this person about, um, you know, you go way back even to school, right? Let's go to university, for example, right? then you're in a university lecture hall and then you have a lecturer that comes on and you can get such a wide spectrum of lecturers ones that are amazing inspirational they Mm. love what they do they can infect you with their passion and you know they really draw in the lecturer and or the the people in the lecture room and they really want to learn and then you have the other spectrum who are just like i don't really want to be here i'm in this university because i want to do my research and that's what's important to me but part of my contract is i need to do a lecture once in a while and i get that right but then It just shows it's very much I think the point I'm trying to make, it's luck of the draw sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. and you can go to a company where you know you just don't have a great leadership team. You know, it could be a successful business, but there's no one that's really invested in your development as a person and you know, focusing in on you. And that's not being selfish in a sense that you as an employee, you just need, 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 need. That's more like I think the smartest companies, and I think this must be a fact somewhere by investing correctly in their people, they get enormous amounts back. And, and I think there is that weird balance, which I don't know. And it's just, I think it's such an important point that I'm really focused on because like me, I, I, my major decision-making process when I'm about to join a company is leadership and founders. How strong is it? Am I inspired by it? And what could I maybe learn from, from jumping into this new role?
1: I, I I completely agree with that one uh, because one of my uh, one of my takeaways from from the time working at Roger is how much uh, harder or better or uh, I, I worked uh, the more I talked to Christian and Catherine because you know they, they sat down and listened to you no matter how busy they were they always found time to sit down and talk to you if you if you felt the need for it. So that's one of, the, one of the takeaways I'm going to take is that if, if I ever get into a position as, as a leader in the future, uh, I, I want to be the one who sits down and listens to people to actually hear the pain points. And, and, and no matter if they come to me and say like, hey, I wanted a white kitchen, but the wife, she bought a red kitchen, you know. Uh, so no matter how trivial the problem is, I will still be trying my best to be the one who sits down, listens to them, Actually, try to help them solve the problems, or actually just listen to the problems, mm. uh, and and also listen to it's. It's not all about problems; it's also about the, the winnings and the takeaways. Because when when you, as a salesperson, get a good winning or a a big client or whatever you you have, everybody wants to to tell that to somebody. Nobody, you know, somebody really wants to, you know, raise their arms and scream it out loud. Somebody just needs to tell somebody, but everybody needs to get that story out there. Everybody likes that. Yeah. No matter what they what they say. So 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 I want to be the listening type, yeah. hopefully. And that that kind
0: of leads me nicely into my third question, which I mentioned, which is, um, and this one is more around passion and and love for what you do, right? And, you know, I think you and I both share similar-ish stories. So, I mean, I loved Plio. I I, I love the experience, the technology. It was amazing. And I I feel from our conversations, you know, you love the journey with Roger and everything was exciting. Where do you think that came from? Like, this is where it's always a unique one. Like, you know, you said you had used Roger before, and then I was like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Like, I would love to be part of this mission. And then when you were in it, where did that fuel and that energy come from? Because that kind of plays into your personality and, you know, how I discovered you and how we started following each other and why I think you're quite a good evangelist, you know, sharing the stories as you go and, and building excitement around the journey. How did that evolve for you?
1: To be honest, I, I, maybe this is a cliche, I think you just have to have it as a person. But on the other hand, I think that everybody has a passion deep down somewhere. No matter how, what kind of person you are, you know, you can be really into your work, you can be into CrossFit, you can be into running, you can be into yoga, you can be into knitting or baking a cake or whatever. So everybody has a passion somewhere. And 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 you just have to find how to light up that flame you have within you. And then that's back to the next one. How did that evolve and how did that get turned on? I think it got turned on by the, the, whole, um, the, the whole setup. The, 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 the people in Roger, the whole setup, the, the, the fire or the energy you had every morning you got into work, you know, it just feel welcome every time you came in. We were just a very small group of four, of, you know, sorry, five or six people at that point. Uh, God, but, I,
0: remember, I remember those days at Plio. I remember that yep. hustle. I remember that feeling. That was a different level.
1: Yeah, and, and Hagen, also I, I, I think that when you worked at Plio, that uh, one of the, the jokes that you got probably a lot is that you're working within the accounting industry. You know, how, how boring can that sound? You know, it's, it sounds so boring. But once you work, and and this is just a joke, because once you work within it, it is so cool because there's so many things going on. Uh, There's so much technology involved. Um, uh, The people you work with, and this is both in, in, in the company you work with, but also your clients, are so cool. There's so many cool people out there that might on paper look like, hey, you're an accountant. Oh, my God. But they, I, I think they're some of the coolest people I've ever met as as a salesperson.
0: Shout out all accountants listening! You know, hail yes. hail the accountancy space.
1: Yes, I have so much more respect for accountants today, and and and, and the service they provides to to people. Um, let's have
0: a let's have a dance party in Excel.
1: Woohoo! <laughs> no, but back back to your question about how how did that evolve? I would say that evolved itself again uh, by the people that you're surrounded with. This, uh, this was Christian, uh, Catherine, also Mass who's in charge of support today at Roger. He was the only supporter uh, at, at that point. A uh, really cool guy. Um, Tor, who's uh, who's uh, is in charge of all the banking at Roger. He was, you know. He's not. He's the very you know lean back guy. He doesn't speak up that much, but he just has so much passion and love. So so you know that just gave all of this. And then being part of a company that company that grows really fast. Um, There's something special about it. So much energy.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a bit about how things change, right? So you know, mm-hmm. being an employee you know, and this is part of, you know, my personal experience in my brand being part of that, you know, those three, four five early people, it's, it's a mm-hmm. different experience, right? Yep. And then as the company grows, which it needs to, there is this evolution of culture and like mm-hmm. either you run with it or, you know, you realize early on, ah, I don't know if this is me and, you know, maybe that's how I want to grow. I think mean, for me, you know, one of the reasons why I left was, you know, I just didn't agree with it anymore. I I I'd lost that initial passion that I had, which I think is very natural. I think it's normal, but it's very difficult, at least from my position that I was in, to just walk away and kind of restart, find something else that will be new to, to jump on. And um, by the time this is coming out, people will know that now I've taken a new role as chief commercial officer at CapDesk. And I've jumped into that because I love the founders and I got the same feeling. I got the exact same feeling when I joined Plio, the excitement, like there's something very special here. It's raw. There's, there's a huge thing coming and there's 24 people, same time almost that when I joined Plio. So it's the excitement for me is like, man, I'm going to get to do this whole playbook over again, but this time with all the learnings, no things that I can do stronger things that we should Definitely not do. Um, so that's exciting for me. And that's why it's it's played out really well. But what about you? How did things evolve and you know and, and as, as much as you're comfortable sharing like where, where are you now in your headspace?
1: No, so I, I can relate to a lot of things you're saying uh, in terms of this whole journey and and the, um, uh, This is a tough question because there's so many things been going on in my head, since I left roger sure and and, and the reason was uh, basically what you're saying, like Roger's going in one direction, and I'm maybe still stuck in in the in the past, if you can say that yeah and and you know at that point it was a really tough conversation having um, I can see that you know uh, uh, afterwards, when you have, set, have time to sit down, think about it, and so on, I can actually see that that we, we left on really good terms. I still speak to them. They're we still very good friends of mine. We didn't leave on bad terms, but of course, it was a hard blow. Uh, it was basically your whole life. I would say that my life was divided into three things. I was training in the morning. There was my kids. I'm the father of twin girls, and I have every oh. other weekend. And, uh, and then uh, Roger. So that, that was a hard, hard blow to sit, sit down with that. But, but I, again, I can see that if you want to be a part of a company involving, because again, I came in uh, when we were like five or six people and I left when we were around 40 people. And that, that whole thing happened within two years. But going from, was it eight people to 40 people? That happened within one year. Oof and that that's an insane growth and of course when things like that happen there's something happens to the culture something happens to the chain of command something happens in terms of you can't just go go around do whatever you want at any point in time mm. and think you can get away with it um, and and to be honest i think that you know after having time reflecting about this i thought i that i was actually a, okay with that journey, that you know I was evolving, and uh, as a person, uh, you know I was learning new stuff and so on, and I also w- was evolving, but only to, to a certain point. Yeah. So, so I learned a lot of things. I don't see it as a negative thing. I, I actually see it as a very positive thing here because, again, I would say that the only negative here could be if I lost my friendship with Catherine and Christian yeah uh, or I wouldn't say a negative thing. that would be the th- sad thing, but luckily we, had, we we had a talk about it, you know, and then uh, we sent some emails back and forth. you know everything was cleared up, that nobody was uh, holding anything against anybody, so I'm really happy with that. So I only took good things away with this, you know big learnings in in, in, in my next job, and yeah. also that's, that, that, that that learning has also been a big part of what kind of job have i been looking for because I, I I'm not going to be the, the, the person who's going to sit at Danske Bank or a big company, you know, coming in being an anonymous person number 300 or something like that. But uh, Lars,
0: you know, I, I mean, I love what you're saying. And I think it's anyone listening right now, you know, you know, rewind five minutes and listen to it again. Cause I think it's just such an important message, which defines how individual individualistic this experience is. But, how important it is, like when you can take, for example, a month to reflect on the experience when I left plio i was cut. I was completely lost you know i I left on my terms, but i Imposter syndrome, like there was so much hit to like not just confidence, but just like who am I as a person? And I think what you'll relate to with me for sure, and especially when I was at Clio, Clio became part of my identity. It was super Mm -hmm. intertwined, not because I was asked to do it for my job, because I just wanted to. I found a harmony between work life balance. They were kind of mixed together for me, but it worked for me and it gave me a platform to build, you know, whatever my brand became. But then when you when you rip that away, like ripping away a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or whatever, you, you really it's really difficult. And I think there are so many people that are probably even listening to this right now who are going through an exact same experience as you, who are maybe a bit either, either they're already lost and being like, is this where I really want to be and where I want to grow? Like, do I agree with this growth? Am I a good fit for this new culture? But they're not able to pull the trigger because they have commitments. They can't just jump out. um and it's just i don't know it's shocking to me and i think it's part of life but i I just want to raise more awareness for it so i I also want to say thanks for sharing that story but i'm i think it puts you in such an amazing position to jump into like a strong position now and reflecting and knowing where your strengths are versus things that i'm not really interested in this like i and i know this now i've been it i've lived through it but I know that I'm really good, for example, maybe you're going to jump into something new, which is like this growth stage when it's a bit more like this, you know, I can do that. And I, I like doing that. Yeah. And then I'm honest about it. Um, yeah, I,
1: would, I would say, say, uh, and I love, love the analogy that you said about the girlfriend or the wife, because that's actually one, something I've used a lot here, like, uh, you know, wasn't you sad and so on. And I kind of said, I'm like, hey, do you remember the first love of your life? You know, when that was over, yeah, you, know, you cried and I'm never going to find somebody like her again. And you, the next time you, you find the love of your life, like, oh, she's so different and she's the love of my life and so on. And I I, I honestly believe that, again, Roger will always have a very special place in my heart. Because nice. that's that's basically where I see maybe you should recall it last 3.0 started. Uh, I kickstarted my career, I've always been in sales and so on, but taking my, my, my career path to the next level, that all started with Roger. So, 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 um, but I would also say that I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to go out and find another company with a very unique um, culture, a very unique way of, of working, with a very unique uh, product where I can use all my passion and all my energy to, mm. to take that company even further as well. Uh,
0: and I think there's, a, there's an extra silver lining, right? So when you leave and when people find out if either you announce it on LinkedIn or this the network knows, I think people will be shocked, you know, if you've had a, a kind of an interesting career, you know, and I, I, I'm saying this very gently because I think if you're a, if you're a, you're a very um, new person to work and then new person to the, your career and you're starting out from a very beginning spot, i 'm a personal believer, that you need to put in the hours. you need to build up yourself, you need to learn those mm-hmm. certain skills you can 't just go from that to something, but if it 's like your third fourth job, for example, and you 've built a foundation, you know when you do go back on a market you 'd be surprised with how many people reach out to you, how many opportunities present themselves i think it 's a very that's interesting great. one, but it 's a huge risk, and you have to tolerate risk um, and that 's very personality driven. Um, But yeah, I love it and I I think it's it it, I on that level I think you and I connect on a very personal point and I I really resonate with that Um, Yeah, but it's tough
1: And again, I I would say uh, Hagen, and and you have a really good point about uh, taking risks I Have I think that you know when I look back at my life and sorry to sound older than I am when saying that Uh, I would say I've taken a lot of risks in my life uh, in terms of uh, doing things without, uh, you know, having a five-year plan, you know, uh, that if this went wrong, I had to move from my apartment, you know, and so on. Uh, But, and some of the risks, you know, crashed and burned, some of them was really nice. But in, in the long run, it just gives you a lot of experience. So if you're a risk- taker, eh, don't be afraid of taking those risks. Mm.
0: Some people are not risk
1: takers. If, if I take my brother, for example, he's the, I would say he's the opposite of me. He's, uh, you know, he has a really good job. Uh, he has a really good pension. He knows what he's going to do until he turns 60. Um, and, and he has a great life. He has so many experience with his job and, and whatever he's doing but I have a great life as well. I have some other experience. And the cool thing is like, I kind of look up to my brother. He's my big brother, I look up to him because he has so many values that I want. But I know on the other hand, he also looks up to me and say like, hey, look at my my brother. He's cool because he's doing this and this and this.
0: Lars, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for spending almost an hour with me.
1: Thank um, you for having, uh, having me on and, and reaching out no, to I'm me. I'm super pumped. This is, this is really cool, Hagen, uh, and good luck with what you're doing and, and the job you're, you're having.
0: Super cool. Thanks, Lars.
1: Thanks. Take care, buddy.